0: We want to welcome you here today. We are in store for a tremendous opportunity for us to come together as a congregation in a time of prayer. We've dedicated this hour for prayer. Our service is going to be different than what we have done in in the past and on Sunday mornings. But we're here to recognize we're on holy ground and that God has come to be with us and to be able to express himself in a very special way. And so I encourage you to take your bulletins and follow along with us. Today you're going to hear testimonies of how God has answered prayer. You're going to hear men and women coming together and leading us in prayer. You're going to have an opportunity to come and join with us in prayer. And then, of course, what is so wonderful about it is is that we're going to take what we have experienced here today and take it home with us and that we will be engaged in prayer. Jeremiah, as I have been preaching for the last couple of weeks on prayer, and last Sunday I preached on Jeremiah 33, verse 3. and Jeremiah reminds us something very, very special here that I just want for us to use as our scripture passage for this hour. Listen to what he says. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And that's exactly what we're going to do do today. We're going to call upon the Lord and we're going to praise him and honor him. So for the next few moments, I want you to take your attention and look upon the screen at this time. These words, of course, are words, I believe, coming from our Lord, reminding us that He wants to commune with us. And as we commune with Him, He communes with us. Join with me as we pray. Father, we come together today as brothers and sisters of the Lord coming before the throne room of God. We come with burdened hearts, but we come with joy upon our lives because of we know of who you are through your son Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior he has given us the liberty to be able to call you father Abba and so Lord today would you bless us with your mighty presence realizing and recognizing we're on holy ground and we come today recognizing your holiness. You truly are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You truly are the Rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. You truly are the rock of our salvation. We thank you, dear Lord, for how you're going to speak to our hearts here today. And so, Father... May every heart, mind, and body will be attentive to your way as you operate in the midst of your people. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we stand to sing Holy, Holy, Holy?
1: We want to start off our service right by acknowledging His holiness and praise. So let's sing this out together. Would you join with us as we lift up the name of Jesus, acknowledging His holiness. Sing it with me.
2: Sing this last verse out to Him Holy, Holy, Holy
0: Blessings of the Lord is when He, we begin to pray and God begins to hear and begin to answer. And there have been numerous times in these past several years of how our church has come together on certain occasions and how we have prayed earnestly. There have been times that we come together on a Sunday evening. And our deacons come, and we lay hands upon individuals. You've been recipients of that. And you, no doubt, could give testimony of what God has done in hearing and answering prayer. Today, we're going to hear from several of our men and one of our ladies of how God has worked in their life and answered their prayers.
3: Have you ever been asked to give your testimony, tell the story about your personal relationship with God, or how he's moved in your life and answered prayer? I want to give you two examples in my life. Again, this is my story. It's not a speech. It's just my story. 1992, I had a disc rupture in my back, breaking into three pieces. So I was taken to Portsmouth Naval Hospital. They were going to have to do surgery, but they couldn't. I developed such a case of vertigo, everything spinning, that they couldn't do surgery until the vertigo went away. So I was in there a few days. A friend of ours came to visit on a Wednesday night, and I couldn't turn my half head to the left or to the right without just tremendous nausea. And I was in great pain. So she knew that the vertigo had to go away so they could do the surgery. she said, when we go back for choir practice this evening, we're going to pray specifically for the vertigo to go away. Thursday morning comes. My nurse gives me a pain shot. I'm having silly dream after silly dream after silly dream. At the end of one of the dreams, a voice says, oh, by the way, your vertigo has gone. Woke me up. Remember, I can't sit up. I can't turn left to right. So I'm now sitting up in bed looking left to right to find out who told me my vertigo was gone, and the nausea that was there—a sudden warmth of line of warmth came down. When it passed through my stomach, the nausea went away. The next day, they did surgery. March, 2012. I was intubated in Chesapeake General Hospital. I was on life support systems. My entire system was shutting down. Doctors couldn't explain it. They said, they told Debbie, they said within the next 12 to 24 hours, if he doesn't come out of it, he's not going to come out of it. During that time of innovation, I had a visit from a man on a white horse who told me, I want you to wake up. And I told him, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. He said, not now, not yet. But stay away from the man on the black horse, but I want you to wake up. 2015, I'm here with you today.
4: In spring of 2011, I started experiencing some pain in my back and in my sides. The pain got to the point where I could only sit in the recliner at home with pillows stuffed behind my back. I could no longer sleep in my bed. Walking and standing were almost impossible. After several months of this, my wife finally insisted that I go to the doctor right then to have x-rays performed and have some sort of, the, some sort of answer. The doctor came into the room to confirm that I did indeed have broken ribs that looked as though that it had been broken for some time. But he was more concerned about my bones. He said I had the bones of an 80-year-old man, and something was eating away at them. I told Marianne I knew something was, was attacking my body. After a series of appointments with, doc, with different doctors and all sorts of tests, the day came where we would get some answers, but my pain was so great I told my wife I wasn't going. She, told, she being the advocate that she is, went in my place. The doctor called me on the phone with Marianne in the exam room and went over my results with me. They told me I had metastatic lesions, compression fractures, and wedge deformities in my spine. My spine was basically collapsing. They weren't sure what had caused this. The doctor then instructed my wife to go home and call the ambulance to come pick me up. Something serious was wrong with me, and I needed to be admitted to the hospital for further testing. After a multitude of blood tests, an oncologist was called in to give his opinion. He told me then that he thought I had multiple myeloma, and if you had to have pick a cancer to have this is the one you wanted because it was very treatable but they could not confirm this until they did a bone marrow biopsy the next day i was prepped and the biopsy was done now we would wait for the results we were blessed that the hospital doctor rounding on me had a brother that is a path- pathologist and he made sure that my biopsy was pushed to the front of the line God is involved in little things, too. A few days later, the oncologist came in to deliver the report. There gathering in the room was my wife, a young medical student, the oncologist, and myself. The oncologist told me that I did, in fact, have multiple myeloma, but I didn't have the one they suspected. I had the much more aggressive, non-treatable form of myeloma. Shock overtook me and I didn't hear much more after that. The doctor was interrupted, and the medical student asked my wife, is she uh, does she have any questions? She told him, I don't even know what to ask. This is not what we were expecting. So the medical student asked the asked that since I had just started to show symptoms of the disease, does this mean it was caught early and I would be a candidate for a stale? for a stem cell transplant the doctor replied this is very late stage three and no he's not a candidate for a transplant my wife asked how many stages there are three the answer was given the prognosis was not good about two months the doctor left the room my wife burst into tears and the medical students stood there not knowing what to say I simply stared out the window, secretly secretly asking the Lord just to take me now. Marianne made the phone calls to our families, and we sat there in despair. She then received a phone call saying that some men from the church wanted to come and pray for us that evening. My family and these men gathered in the hospital room, and Al Tarkenton led us in prayer. He prayed for healing and anointed me with oil that night. After the time of prayer, my family left. The next day, the doctor was returning to discuss the disease with us further. That morning, the oncologist bursts through the doors and says, I have new information, Mr. McClendon, information that we did not have before, and we don't know where it came from. We found the protein, well, actually the light chain, and we can treat this. We all just started praising the Lord, <laughs> and my wife said, I know where you got that information. <laughs> the Lord gave it to you. I immediately began treatment, and I stand here before you today in remission. God is good, and hears the prayers of his children, and he heals. I am a living testimony of his goodness.
1: Amen. Thank you. Let's stand up as we continue to worship this morning.
2: Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, his mercy. No. So- Call.
1: Right now, we just want to spend some time confessing our own personal sin to the Lord, repenting of our sins and turning away from it. So can we right now just spend a few minutes in silent prayer for the confession of our sins?
5: to open my testimony with a scripture and it's from Galatians 5:19 through 21 it says now the works of the flesh are evidence which are adultery fornication uncleanliness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions heresies envy Murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I grew up in a house where anything and everything was permissible except for Christianity. And I was fortunate that I had people who God put into my life. Because by the time I was in my early 20s, I had committed every sin on that list I just read. And I had no chance of turning around. Some of them I was wallowing in. I was working as a waitress at IHOP, and I had some people that God sent in who were nice, who would leave me tracks. And one night in my home, I read one of those tracks, and I cried out to Jesus to save my soul. When I came to Kemsville in 2004 with my family, I had no knowledge of God besides what was in that track I had read. Frank was happy to bring me, but he had no idea what a personal relationship with Jesus Christ was. And there were a lot of people in this church that I am eternally grateful for that loved us just where we were at. Because Satan was telling me, if those people knew what you've done, you wouldn't be welcome here. They wouldn't speak to you. You don't even belong here. But I'm glad I listened to God's voice. And through those people and through Bible studies and through God's voice, our family grew and our family was changed. Second Corinthians says in 517, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When Frank and I were baptized in December of 2005, our whole lives were changed. We have gone forward as a family. Every decision that we make is grounded in scripture and prayer and in God's will for our lives. From by continuing my education, my job working with the underserved on the Eastern Shore, every morning I gather my staff First scripture reading and prayer. My organization is not Christian. That is something I've chosen to do because I believe God will honor it, and he has. I pray with my patients Statewide, I belong to the Southern Baptist Ready Church, and I've been on missions to Nicaragua, to Europe, to Africa. But you know what? Some of my favorite gospel presentations have been to the Japanese steakhouse cook and the lady at the cell phone store. It should be our greatest desire as Christians who know this good news, who have been forgiven of our sins, to go and to share the gospel, to share this good news with every single person we encounter, and to be a demonstration of that light and that grace and that faith. We're all going to stumble. But in closing, I'll share with you this scripture from 1 Timothy 1.13 through 17. I've taken a lot of encouragement from Paul. He says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of him, I am chief. However, for this reason I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: <clears throat> Prayer is so Wonderful in the way that the Lord has allowed us to be able to come and to fellowship with Him through prayer. One of the greatest blessings that God has given to us through prayer is confession. 1 John 1.9, a verse of Scripture that I have referred to many times in my own life. And it's a promise that I have claimed and I have exercised. And those scriptures teaches us that if I will confess my sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. My friend, I want you to understand that is one of the greatest blessings that God has given us, that through a prayer of confession, we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior through a prayer of confession, after Christ has come into our life and has sinned, has seeped into our lives and broken the fellowship of that precious relationship or fellowship with the Holy God, that I can come and confess my sins, and He's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me. So would you bow your heads with me in prayer? We have seen on the screen examples of all types of sin. And those sins that no doubt every one of us have committed some time or another in our life. And maybe even today, as we sit here, that those examples has reminded us that some of those sins are in our life. And so would you be willing to confess those sins before the Lord today? Father, in Jesus' name, we come before your presence, thanking you for the shedding of the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, upon the cross of Calvary, thanking you that even though our sins may be as crimson, that through the cleansing of your blood and the confession of our sins, that you are able and willing to cleanse us and to make us whiter than snow. Right now, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I confess to you that sins had seeped into our life And ask, dear Lord, that you would cleanse us and that you would forgive us and restore that wonderful relationship that we have with you. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for cleansing us and for forgiving us and restoring that wonderful fellowship that we have with you. There's someone here today who may need to pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know that because I recognize those sins in my life. But I believe you're the Son of God that who died upon a cross for my sins. And I ask you, as I believe in my heart and with mouth confession that you had died upon a cross, buried, and rose again. I ask you to come into my life and to save me and to give me eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and cleansing my life. In Jesus' name. We come now to a very special part in the life of our service this morning. Many of you have written names upon the rocks or upon this cross. And those names represent individuals, real people. People that who have maybe possibly be a brother or a sister or a mother or a dad or a husband, or a wife, or a son, or a daughter, or a friend, or a co-worker. But they're lost, and you know that they're lost. And that God, the Holy Spirit, had led you to place that name around this cross. And so what we're going to invite you to do, we're going to invite you to come and join with us around the altar. And so, what I would like for you to do, would you stand with me at this moment? And as we stand, would you come and join with me around this altar as we're going to have two of our men to come and to lead us in prayer. Would you come and join with me at this time? As you're coming, two of our men, Brother Dwayne Thompson, will be praying for those lost people. And then Brother Ron Carter is going to come and lead us praying for those that are backslidden. You may can bow, you may want to stand, you may just want to be where you're at, but I want to invite you all to come and be a part of this very special time. We can stand in the aisles, we can stand on the aisles not only in the center, but also on the side. Brother Dwayne.
6: Church, would you join me in prayer? Oh, Lord God, hear the plea of your children as our hearts cry out to you for the lost. On these rocks, at the foot of the cross, are the names of our family members, our friends, our neighbors and co-workers, the names of individuals who are eternally lost without you. Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, break the bonds of sin that's so easily entangle. Tear away the bonds of addiction, the addiction of alcohol, the addiction of drugs, the addiction of pornography. Break the bond of greed, self centeredness, and pride. Lord God, convict hearts of sin and turn them to you. Lord, I pray that you would allow circumstances and situations that will cause individuals to turn to you to see their need for you so that they will repent and flee from their wicked ways so that they would be restored to a right relationship with you father your heart breaks for the lost help our hearts to have that same perspective lord find us faithful give us the courage and boldness to speak your truth and love use us as a willing vessel to reach the lost. Abba father. Thank you for hearing our plea. May your will be done. In the lives of the individuals. That have been mentioned today. And it's the name of Jesus. His holy precious name. Our redeemer. Our savior and our king. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.
3: Fathers we continue in prayer. Father, we know that, as the Bible says, we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. Father, we wonder why, why we allow temptation and distractions to come in our lives and and create that sense of backsliding away from you, turning away from you. Father, we pray that uh, as strong as we try to be, we know that uh, that tempter is there Father, we know you've also said if we resist the devil, that he will flee. Father, I'm so thankful that you've identified that armor, that armor we can put on daily that will just uh, help us in our daily walk and our daily look for you. But, Father, when that happens, that we turn away, Father, there are many reasons that we and many types of sins and temptation that we fall into that backslidden condition. Regardless of how many there are, there is the one answer, and that one answer is you. Father, help us remember. Remember that time when we first came to know you. Remember the love and joy we shared in our relationship with you. Help us remember that on a daily basis. And then, Father, help us to repent. Repent of those things, those Those situations we find ourselves in that cause us to backslide, to turn away. And Father, the third thing I pray is that you ask, we ask that we repeat, we remember and repent. Father, if we have to do that every minute, every hour of every day, Father, we know that relationship with you is more than worth it. So Father, guide and direct our hearts, protect our hearts, help us to remember Help us to repent, and help us to repeat those actions. And we'll be very careful to make sure we give you the praise and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you. You may may go back to your seats at this time. And as you're returning, we're also going to invite our children, as they will dismiss themselves at this particular time, uh, to Children's Church. We're going to be singing... uh, one of a, a very special song that no, Brother Andrew's going to sing, a song, People Need the Lord. And I don't know of a better song that could be sung at this time. And then at this time, our offering will be taken up as well.
1: we could have our ushers come forward, we're just going to go to the Lord and pray for our offering this morning. God, we love you, and we are just so grateful to be in your presence this morning. Father, right now, I pray for our offering, Lord. I pray for our giving. Lord, further it, use it for your glory, Lord, for your kingdom alone. For we ask these things in Jesus' precious, holy name I pray. Amen.
2: Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care Headed who knows where On they go through private pain Living fear to fear Laughter hides their silent cries Only Jesus hears People need the Lord People need the Lord and dreams, He's the open door, people need the Lord, people need the Lord. His light to a world where wrong seems right, what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost? Through His love our hearts can feel. All the grief they bear They must hear the words of life Only we can share People need the Lord People need the Lord and dreams, He's the open door, people need the Lord, amen, people need the Lord.
0: come to our second season of prayer. This season of prayer is we've asked several of our men and women to come and to lead us in prayer, praying for the needs of our church, praying for the needs of our missionaries, praying for the needs of the Southern Baptist Convention, but especially praying for revival and praying for our nation. I don't know of a greater time and a greater opportunity that God has given us today than to pray for revival. I believe that revival is real, and I believe God is ready to give revival when God's people are ready to receive revival. So as they come to lead us in prayer, join with us in this prayer.
7: Join with me as we pray for our missionaries. Father, we come into your presence this morning, not, only, not, on, not on our own merits, but on the merits of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus, who gave his life a ransom for us, who justified us just as if we had never sinned, who declared us righteous enough to come into the presence of God and, and his family. Thank you, Father, for watching over us and meeting our needs on a daily basis. We thank you for the Word of God, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and a life-changing experience for those who will trust and obey you. In the Gospel of Matthew, in the 28th chapter, verses 18 through 20, God has given us a mandate and a mission and a message. And it's called the Great Commission. The mandate is from the Lord Jesus himself, who gives us an authoritative command. The mission is to go and to teach and to baptize and to make disciples. And the message is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. To tell people that God loves them that he sent his only begotten son to die in that place. And that son rose again and gave us assurance of our salvation and our eternity. We pray this morning, dear Father, for thousands of men and women who have answered the call of the Great Commission, whose love for God and love for the unsaved have motivated them to commit their lives to reaching people For the glory of God. And Father we lift them up this morning. For their devotion to you. For their selfless and self-sacrificing love. For those who have never experienced. God's amazing grace. We pray for God's empowering presence. Through the Holy Spirit in their lives. To provide these missionaries with wisdom. And direction. And perseverance as they face. The challenges of evangelism. We pray that they might experience joy and excitement and victory when they witness souls being saved and lives being dramatically changed. We also pray, Father, for specific organizations connected with the Southern Baptist Convention that are primarily involved in the fulfillment of God's great commission. We pray for the North American Mission Board whose job is to train and equip both full-time and part-time missionaries to accomplish God's redemptive plan. We pray for the officers and directors and personnel in that organization. We pray for the support of an estimated 46,000 churches who through through give through the cooperative program and who support this organization, as well as the support of the Annie Armstrong Easter Offering. We pray, dear God, for the International Mission Board and the role that they have for evangelizing and discipling and planting churches among people from every language, every tribe, every nation outside of the United States, training and equipping full-time missionaries all over the world. And Father, uh, we pray for the support that our churches give to this organization through the cooperative program. And, and through the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, which whose funds who funds more than fifty percent of the, the international mission board work. We also pray for these missionaries on the foreign fields who have additional challenges. You know, they they are some are assigned to remote areas of the world. Some have to learn the language from where they are they are serving. They have to be, they have to deal with the customs of third world countries and the living conditions are not always the best they have to leave their home and their family and their friends and and sacrifice uh, the normal lifestyle that they would have here in the states so we lift them up to you father and just pray that uh, that God will encourage them and that they will feel his presence daily with them uh, and that they will know that uh, he's with them constantly will never leave them uh, nor forsake them and finally, Lord, we pray for the SBCV, the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia, uh, whose, whose goal is to plant churches within our state and, and to strengthen existing churches and support pastors and staff and families. Uh, we have approximately 600 conservative Baptist churches that support this work. We pray for our, uh, for our, the executive director of, these, of this organization, who is Brian Autry, a former K- Kempsville Baptist Church staff member. And we pray for men and women uh, from our own church who have been called out as pastors and, and ministers of music, and laymen and lay women uh, who have just recently been on, on a mission tour, mission trip for our church, and, and, and some who are even there now. So, Father, may God receive the glory for all the work that's being done through these missionaries. We love them and we pray for them and thank you uh, for watching over them and meeting their needs. In Jesus' name, amen.
8: As we continue to pray, uh, I will be praying about the ministries of the church. Let us bow our heads and pray. Father God, we just come before you, Lord God, a loving God the God that saved us all, Father God, that you never you never once forsaken us, Lord God, and we just thank you. We thank you for the salvation that we have, Lord God, that uh that you made it right for us and given us eternal life. And God, I come before you, we come before you, Father God, to to pray for a blessing, to pray for your power, to pray that uh you can just continue to help us to grow in these ministries in our church father god i just pray lord god for uh and and you know lord god of all the ministries that we have here i pray lord god for the the different children's ministries that we have father god because those children lord god they're growing in your word father god and your word says that uh we teach them in the way that they go when they become old they will not depart and father god i just pray for uh awana's And how important it is, Father God, for these children to hide scripture in their heart and and memorize scripture and and be able to speak it back to us and how we challenge them in the scripture, Father God. I just pray for that ministry and all the workers that are involved, Father God, how they dedicate their time in memorizing scripture as well, Father God. And they pour, pour the love into the children that come there. And I thank you, Lord God, because there's... Not only there's members of our church that come and uh, partake in Awanas, but we do have people outside of the church that drop their children off and we're able to use it as an outreach. And I thank you, Lord God, for that. And I just pray for a blessing over Awanas and uh, the volunteers, the people. I pray you continue to call people out, to be involved in Awanas to help teach. I pray, Lord God, your power in that, that children will just... Uh, Continue to grow in your word, Father God. And Lord God, I just lift up uh, M&Ms as we uh, are teaching our kids about missions and music. And Father God, I just, as you know my heart, Lord God, I love music. And when they proclaim Christ and they proclaim your name and music teaches us and and reveals and it just excites us. So Lord God, I just thank you for music and missions and, and the individuals that, the volunteers that spend their time uh sunday each sunday coming in preparing the kids to sing preparing them for different things that are going around the world and they just do it in love and care father god and god we thank you for them and we just pray for power in that ministry as well father god and lord god i just want to mention choir as well father god we have a group of members that come together on wednesdays and on sundays and and in all special occasions father god and they they learn the songs and they present the music as a love offering to you, Father God. And it's not entertainment, Father God, it's worship. And Father God, the words that we sing are worshipful. The words that we sing line up with the, with your scripture. And Father God, I just pray for the choir. and I pray for power. I pray for growth, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you prick the hearts of the, the congregation, the members of this church, Father God, to see the needs that they can they can fulfill because father god there's a great need in all these ministries and lord god the workers are here they're sitting right in the pews and lord god i just pray that you just put a fire in them and just just uh prick their hearts to want to uh join in the choir in these other ministries and father god i pray for the men's ministry and the women's ministry and the things that they're doing the men trying to sharpen the other men, to, to raise them up spiritually, Lord God, and, and give them, uh, uh, teach them your word in and, a and practical sense. And the women are doing the same thing. And Lord God, I just pray for those that are involved in that. Uh, and without mentioning names, Father God, I just, you know who's involved in it, Lord God. And, and how the men's ministry and the women's ministry are helping those that are seeking. And, uh, and just seeking to, to grow in your word and seeking Christ to just come in their life fully. And Father God, I just pray for them. And Lord God, uh, I don't want to min- I don't want to miss any ministries here, Father God. There's so many here. We have outreach ministry, Father God. We have the food pantry, Lord God. We have women that are coming together and sewing and and uh, knitting and making scarves and hats. And we have so many things. We have the ministry that keeps the grounds, Father God, to just keep the church looking good, Father God. We have those that are that walk through the church. We have prayer ministries. But, Father God, I just thank you for the faithfulness of those that that you've called to be in these ministries, Father God, that faithfully they know that this is where you've led them, and they do it with a joyous heart, Father God. And I pray you continue to bless them and bless that ministry. I pray, Father God, you continue to bless the ministries in this church and just Put a fire. Just give us power, Father God, to just reach those that are, that are needing to be reached, Father God. Those that are in the church and those that come to the church looking for Jesus Christ. Lord God, we just, we're doing it all for you, Father God. And sometimes we get in the way, Father God, but we're doing it for you. And we just pray you can just break us, continue to break us, continue to use us, Father God. Continue to rise us up out of, the, out of the numbers to be used. And we just give you the, the glory and the, and the power. And we just honor you, Father God, for what you do. Thank you, Lord God, for this church, because this church you called me to, and those ministries that helped me, the New Believers Ministry, the Wednesday Night Ministry, it helped grow me, Father God, to make me understand what it, what it is to be a follower of Christ. And I continue to pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to help us. In Jesus' name, amen.
9: We continue in prayer this morning. We want to remember our Southern Baptist Convention and the many entities that make up the Southern Baptist Convention. So let's pray about this. Father, we do thank you this morning that we belong to a Southern Baptist Church. Lord, we know we're not perfect, but Lord, we know that you're blessing and you're using this church in reaching souls and giving. We thank you for our congregation. We thank you, Father, that they have a giving heart and a loving heart. But we do pray for our Southern Baptist Convention this morning. We pray for Ronnie Floyd, who leads us. And Father, we can give testimony to the fact that he's a praying man he loves to pray and he wants others to pray and he spends much time in prayer so thank you Father for Ronnie Floyd for his life, for his testimony and for his leadership Father we would pray for the many entities that come under the Southern Baptist Convention think of the executive committee that faithfully serve all year long on the, uh, carry on the business of the Southern Baptist Convention. And Lord, we know that they are godly men and give them their time and efforts, and we just pray that you might bless them and encourage them as they meet during the year to carry on the business. Father, we do pray that you might just use each one. And, Father, we do now pray for our uh, for our. our Frank Page, that uh, is the president of our of our uh, executive committee. We pray you'll bless him today and encourage him as he labors for us and carry on the business. We pray that you might just put uh, upon people's hearts to give and churches to give to carry on this work. And Father, we would also pray for the mission boards. as has already been prayed for. We pray, Father, that you might bless international missions uh, and for our home missions, North American missions, Father, that you might continue to use them and uh, lead them as to what the work that needs to be done. We thank you for Page uh, Frank Page that leads us in the missions field, and we again would pray for our Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia. We pray for leadership there. We pray for Brian Autry. Thank you that uh, we know him, and Lord, uh, from our own experience here in our own church. We pray you'll bless him today and guide and lead him. So, Father, we have much to be thankful for. We thank you for our church, for our pastor. We pray, Father, you'll bless him and encourage him as we go through these hours. In Jesus' name, amen.
10: Will you pray with me about revival for our nation, for our church, and for us individually? Our Father in heaven, we come before you to offer up our praise and worship and thanksgiving to you, our Father and our God, to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and to Holy Spirit, our helper and teacher. We're totally dependent upon you for all that we are because you're the source of our being. You are almighty God, the living God, the eternal Father, holy and righteous in all your ways. You're creator of all things, and you're sovereign over your creation. Thank you for the privilege of prayer, for inviting us to come boldly before your throne of grace, to find help in time of need, and to enjoy fellowship and communion with you. We need a sense of your presence and leading at this time. We pray you would search our hearts and show us the things there that need to be changed, the thoughts, the attitudes, the motives that hinder you in fulfilling your purpose and plan for our lives and those around us. Let us see ourselves as you see us, confess our sins and repent and turn to you with our whole heart. We need revival, O Lord, a refreshing of your spirit in our individual lives and in your church. We pray you would put your desires in our hearts, your thoughts in our minds, and let your love be shed abroad in our hearts to touch others, and let your joy be our strength day by day. Thank you for your unconditional love and your forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Speak to us in a very personal way to draw us closer to you as you work in us, for us, and through us, to glorify yourself for Jesus' sake. In his name we pray. Amen.
11: Let us pray that America, the physically beautiful, will again be spiritually and morally beautiful in the eyes of our God. Our Father's God, to Thee, Author of Liberty, we pray. One nation under God. In God we trust. These statements, O Lord, used to express our nation's belief and faith in You. They marked the road we sought to follow. We implored You with song to bless us, stand beside us, and guide us. But now, O God, these are meaningless, hollow words for many of our fellow Americans, many of our leaders many of our judges, entertainers, and media producers. You, O God, creator of all, are ignored and denied. O God, for this magnificently blessed country you have provided for and protected (coughs) over and over, we thank you. But God, we apologize today for the road we are on now, the broad road that leads to destruction, the broad road where sin is neither opposed nor condemned, but rather celebrated, a road on which evil is called good and good is called evil. Far from being the shining city on a hill we were challenged to be just a few short years ago, we find ourselves living in a virtual cultural sewer. O God, who has blessed us in so many ways, we apologize and are embarrassed before you, O God, for the stench rising to your nostrils from our shores. Oh, Lord, forgive the sins of our countrymen and forgive us, your people, for our complacency, our timidity, our inertia in confronting Satan and his minions in Hollywood, the music industry, the media, and yes, Lord, even in our governmental entities. Lift up and give voice to Christian educators, and God bless our teachers, give us voices of Christian reporters and editorial writers, Christian entertainers and athletes. Dear God, make your will and presence known to our president and his advisors. Bless and protect him. And Lord, the president to come, we have major decisions to make in the next year or so. Make your will and presence known to members of Congress and to our judges uh, once again guide and protect our peacekeepers and defenders and their families at home and abroad. Father, we acknowledge our nation's sin for legalizing the murder of unborn babies and for deeming legal same-sex marriage in defiance and rejection of your holy plan for matrimony. Lord, forgive us for the bias and prejudice that divides us, that causes us to fear and mistrust one another, just because of skin color, leading too often to violence in our cities and death in our streets. O God, our nation is shamelessly, spiritually naked before you. Give us, your people, the will and courage to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of your holy word. O God, may our nation sing with hope enthusiasm and joy that our eyes have seen the glory of your coming O lord trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored your truth will march on we know and trust and your people will shout glory glory hallelujah
0: join with me as we pray together father thank you for the prayers of your people. Thank you for hearing those prayers and answering those prayers. In Jesus' name. We come now to our third session of prayer. This third section of prayer is praying for specific needs within our own church. Sickness, finances, marriages, families, and our friends. So you pray as they will lead us in these specific areas.
12: Before I start uh, praying for the sick, I would like for you to met, uh, mention the uh, sick list that we always have in the village on each Sunday. And the Lord has put something on my heart. And the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter, starting in verse 21 Jesus was praying for us, the future believers. And he asked the Father that we would be all one, come into unity with each other and with love, as he and the Father had. So as I lift up the sick, and I know a lot of you probably have loved ones that is not listed on this prayer list, and friends and all. So we were all, I would like for all of us to come and lift those up in prayer as I lift the sick up. Dear Gracious Father, as we come before you this morning, Father, there are so many on this list that needs prayer for healing. I'm asking you right now, Father, to just touch their bodies. So many of them is in rest homes. So many of them is in the hospitals. We have so many, Father, that is hurting. We have hurting people, Lord asking you right now to touch their bodies. Your will will be done in each one of their lives Lord. Father that I think about the homebound touch their bodies right now Lord. And I just know Lord and let them know that you love them because we're all into one this morning praying and lifting these loved ones up to you. Father we thank you for what you're doing in each one of their lives. Lord we just love you so much and all
13: these things to Christ Jesus, precious name, Amen. Come with me as we pray for our finances, dear Lord. I want to lift up in prayer the financial situation of all the individuals and families in our church, in our community, and in our country. Dear Lord, I pray that you would be with those who are suffering financially because of a loss of a job, or because of sickness, or because of debt. Dear Lord, I pray for the finances of our church. I ask that you would provide for the needs of repair and maintenance to our buildings. I pray that you would provide for all of the mission opportunities and outreach programs that we have. Dear Lord, I pray that that you would just guide us as a church family to be good stewards of the blessings that you have given us. Oh, Lord, I pray for the financial situation of our country. I pray that you will lead and direct our government officials, that they will be better stewards of the blessings that you've given to America. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for providing for all of our needs. I pray that you would give hope to those who feel things are hopeless financially. We give you all the honor and glory for how your will is worked in our lives.
10: Amen.
14: Please join me as I pray for our marriages. Father, as we come before your throne, we want to give you praise because, Lord, marriage is an institution that you set forth way back in the book of Genesis. It has nothing to do with our government or with anything that the judicial department may decide. You instituted marriage between one man and one woman. That does not change. It does not matter what anyone else says or thinks. God's word is eternal and irrefutable. And Father, we rest on that knowledge. Father, we also know that marriage is a commitment. It is not one that is entered into lightly, and it is not one that is tossed away lightly. The foundation for that commitment is love, and love is a choice. It is not a feeling that comes and goes as the wind, but it is a daily purposing in our hearts to love our mate as you love the church because that is the model the model for marriage is christ and the church we are to love it with our whole heart unreservedly and let nothing compete with that so father we ask you by the power of the holy spirit as husband and wives that we would reverence one another Father, I just lift up husbands and ask that you stir within them the desire to love their wives completely, that nothing would compete with her. For the wives, Father, I pray that each of us would respect our husbands and show him the honor that you intend for him to be shown so that we may strengthen him. I pray that for the marriages that are in trouble or, or just... Lord, those that are just having a rough patch i pray that your spirit would speak encouragement over them and to remind them you are in the midst of it and what may seem lifeless lord you bring new life so father i speak life over marriages that may be having a hard time and father for those that are doing well lord we just thank you and rejoice and ask for your continued favor Father, we know that a marriage is the best place for, to raise our children. Lord, and I pray for the parents, Father, that we would continue to model Christ-like behavior in our homes. But, Lord, we live in a broken world, and that brokenness extends into marriages. And there are many, many broken homes. I lift them up, Father, for every single mom and dad that's struggling right now just to make it. Oh, God, would you bless them, speak encouragement over them, let them know that they are loved. And, Father, we will give you praise for that. Lord, now we just want to thank you for our families. And we thank you for how you're going to move. We give you praise and glory for answers that are soon coming. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
15: I'm going to be praying for the families. As you know, the glue of society is the family. We've heard it said, as the family goes, so goes the community, and so goes the country. Father, your words indicate to us your institution for the family, the joys of marriage, and the joys of children. Father, your word also shares in Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, that a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and values. This morning, Lord, we lift up each family represented. We seek husbands to be leaders, wives to be helpmates, children learning to be honorable and represent and respect their parents. As a team, we pray for each family to commit today to be God's family to be ambassadors for God, to be witnesses for God, for all to see. May each family represented commit themselves to obeying and following your statutes and commands. May each family represented here today rededicate, recommit, examine itself, and from this day forward stand tall for God. May all These families and those represented stand tall for God. In Christ's name we pray.
2: Amen.
16: This morning I'm going to pray for friends. I pray that each one of you has a friend or friends that will stand in the gap for you when you're going through a difficult time, such as we've dealt with these last four years you only heard of two times in Ron's life. My dear friends that are here and elsewhere in the community, they know what's happened. They've prayed, they've been there, and I just wish and hope and pray that each one of you will look around you, to your left and to your right, forward and back. There's someone out there that needs a friend. Someone shared with me last week that they have family members, that they know they absolutely have no friends. Is that sad? Pray with me now. Father God, I just come to you this morning humbly, Lord, and I thank you for this privilege. How humbling it is to stand before you right now, before my pastor and before this congregation. with All of these wonderful people within this church. God, I lift up to you right now the friends that have just so shared in the journey of our life. Father, those that uh, stand in for Ron when there's a healing service and he's unable to be here. Father, God, for those that um, stand by me at the hospital when uh, we're on that journey again. Father, for the one who sends that text message to me thinking about us and wondering how things are going. Father, these are all witnesses to the people that's around us. I know that all that we've been through, Lord, that um, there's been a message being sent out to the people that are around us at the hospital. God, that when people pray, when people come and visit how encouraging they are, the strength that they give you, the strength that they gave me to endure through the journey that we're on. So, Father, I just pray right now that uh, we get past the facades of the people, of each one of us individually, and look into the eyes of that person. There's someone out there that needs a friend. Proverbs 17 tells us that a friend sticketh closer than... Brother. father being in the military we soon learned being away from our own families that our friends became our family so father i would just lift those up that's in the military god just wrap your arms around them send friends to them help them to make friends wherever they go allow themselves to be a friend Not to have to wait on someone to come to them, but, you know, just to knock on a door and say, how you doing? Father, I just love you and I praise you and I thank you for this opportunity that you've given me. Thank you for this church. I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you, Lord, for the leadership that's here. I thank you for the growth that I have had, Lord. Lord. Each time I stand before you like this, Lord, it's a growing thing that I'm having to do because I'm taken out of my comfort zone. But, God, when you send the word and you send the name and we are asked, Father, we need to stand up and say yes. And I thank you, Father, for this privilege. In Christ's name I pray.
17: I'm not a public speaker, so I'm terrified, so I'll try to speak louder than my heart's pounding right now. So You heard my husband give testimony about his cancer and how it affected his body. I'd like to share how it affected our lives. You see, if you've ever had to be a caretaker, you know what kind of worry, anxiety, and exhaustion I experienced. I went from being a wife and a lover to being a nurse, an advocate, and a caregiver for a very sick man. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Because while I was crushed and falling apart on the inside, I couldn't let him see that. I had to remain upbeat and positive for him and for our children. I couldn't let him see me cry or feel hopeless for him. I had to be, um, because I had to be his cheerleader to give him hope and to see that things are going to get better. It was very easy for Tim to feel depressed. In his mind, he was dying. But I had to hold it together to be strong. And that weight was very heavy. I cried out to the Lord and he heard my prayers. Through prayer, I was able to get through it. It wasn't just my prayers. We had people from all over the world praying for us, people we didn't even know. Our friends and family stepped up and blessed us in ways we couldn't imagine. From sending a note to say, I'm thinking of you, you're in my prayers, to preparing a meal for us so I didn't have to worry about that after going for treatments. We had friends calling us to take our girls for a sleepover or up to Bush Gardens and just to allow them to love on our kids for the day. And that meant so much to us to give them some normalcy in their lives because it's hard enough to have a sick spouse, but it's really hard to have a sick parent. And it was hard as a parent to have to tell them all the time, no, we can't do this or that because daddy's sick. So that was a great blessing for us. And then Tim's cancer treatment started in August, and we all know what happens in September. School starts. We had such a sweet group of ladies here to just gather up simple things like snacks for our kids' lunch boxes. And that meant the world to us because I didn't have time to go out and shop. And for our kids, it was like Christmas when they came in and saw that our table was covered with things just for them. It was those little things that made such a huge impact in our lives. The other burden we had was our finances. Tim had just began working back for the state in January, and he had to stop working in August. And because he had not been with them for a year yet, we didn't qualify for family medical leave, which meant no disability, no paycheck. And they didn't have to hold his position for him, so the reality was we didn't know if he'd have a job. And if that wasn't enough, our health insurance was through his job. So I called up to the Human Resources Office and spoke with a woman named Ms. Austin and explained to her what our situation was and asked her what would happen with our insurance coverage because we had to have health insurance. Ms. Austin was going up to Richmond that day to speak to the state legislation about some other things and she said, I'm going to plead your case for them and ask if the state could help us out. She called me the next day and said, the state legislation said there's nothing that they could do, that we would have to pay for it out of our pockets, and that was going to cost us $1,200 a month. And again, he was getting no income. So Ms. Austin was upset, and she says, we're going to pray right now. So she and I both prayed. And um, she, the next day, she called me and said, I took your husband's case to administration with the Department of Transportation. And VDOT has agreed to pay for your health insurance out of their budget. And they will keep Tim's job open until he returns. She and I both praised God right then on the phone, and he answered our prayers and took care of our needs. So now we had health insurance, but we still had household bills to pay. Pastor Kelly came to visit and asked how our church could help. This was very humbling for me, because I had always been fine with giving, and that had never been a problem for me. It was the grace of receiving that was really hard. I guess part of that was pride. I didn't want to have to feel like a burden to anyone and that we couldn't provide for our family, and this was very difficult for me. He asked the church for a love offering for us, and we were blessed beyond measure. I was able to take off from my job and to take Tim for his treatments and not worry about where the money to pay for the lights and water would come from. We had very special people in this church that had supported us while Tim was in school and who continued to give and some even increased their giving to help us during this difficult time. And I thank God for their sacrifices. And my prayer has always been that God would just bless them abundantly for all that they've given to us. God showed us that we can never outgive him and he we just need to look to him for our needs. You'll find that in times of difficulty, you will either leave or cleave to each other. I had no intentions of leaving. I began to see Tim in a different way than I had ever seen him before. He was no longer this strong leader in our home. He was broken and weak. And as his wife, I had to go from walking beside him through life to carrying him through this valley, and it was hard. I had to learn to totally lean on Jesus to give me the strength to help Tim. We are living out our marriage vows for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do we part. We've experienced the highs and lows, in our marriage and we came out of it stronger but it was only through the grace of god that we got through it philippians 419 says and my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in christ jesus god has certainly proved this to us the lord has shown me that he is jehovah he is my personal god that he is jehovah jireh my provider he is jehovah Rapha, my healer He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace, that became very important for me, and that he is Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. I ask that you continue to pray for us. Tim is in remission, but the cancer did a lot of damage to his body. He's in pain all the time. He's got lots of pinched nerves in his spine, and unfortunately, there's nothing that the doctors can do about it. He's just going to be on pain meds for the rest of his life. Um... He's also returned to school, so continue to pray for that, that his health remains so that he can finish and fulfill the call that God has placed on his life. Thank you.
0: We have been in the presence of a holy God today. And God has spoken through his people crying out, and asking. We've heard testimonies of how God has heard and answered our prayers. And that motivates us and encourages us and it strengthens our faith. We never want to dismiss a service without giving an opportunity for someone to respond to the gospel and to respond to the call that God has placed upon their life and possibly you're here today. And God has spoken to you and there has been specific prayer needs in your life. Maybe you want to come to the altar and lay those prayer needs before the Lord and to lay yourself before the Lord. Maybe you're here today, you've never invited Christ into your life, We want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you have done that, but you have never openly and publicly professed him and to be baptized in his likeness. So we want to give you that opportunity. So as Brother Andrew comes, would you stand as we join in together in this invitation?